0: Hi, I'm Amber Reed. I play for Bristol Bears and England, and you're listening to the Loose Heads Podcast. Yo, Loose Heads listeners, let's kick it. Loose Heads Podcast. All right, stop. Turn it up and listen, loose it back with a new conversation, something. Grabs a
1: hold of me tightly, emotions and fears in the daily and nightly. Will it ever stop you? I don't know. Tackle the
0: sigma and we'll know. Come in our club pass and set your mind free, cos rugby's a place where I can just be me. Who podcast? Who
2: podcast? Read Welcome to the Loose Edge Clubhouse Podcast. I've been trying to get you on for a couple of weeks now. So it's finally yeah. it's good to finally have you on. And as always, with the start of this podcast, the first question comes from our partners at Talk Club. And that is, How are you today out of ten?
0: Uh today out of ten, uh I'm
2: gonna
0: go seven. Six point nine or seven point one? Seven point one. Yeah, go seven point one. They haven't quite kicked in yet, so got a bit a chill day. <laughs> Again, I get to eat everything as well, so it's yeah, it'll be a good day. It'll get pushed up
2: amazing, and it's Friday as we're recording this, so happy Friday um and we are- also joined by Rocky Clark, Rocky. How are you today out of ten?
1: Yeah, I'm not too bad i must must admit I'm a bit better than last week when you asked me, and I was all panicked and rushed trying to get on so today I'm probably going to go a solid six I've had um a few things go wrong this week uh but but only minor things and silly things, so things come in threes don't they so obviously in my ripe old age of 21 um I uh stupidly ran out of petrol because I diced I did the the uh, petrol roulette um and it caught me out the first time in in my few decades uh so I was really sad about that but the funny image was me running along pushing the car and steering it trying to uh trying to get it in a side road so that was number one the next day I got Um, I went to the loo in my house, and the lock fell off in my hand, so I was trapped in the toilet um, till I got rescued, and somebody opened it the other side. And uh, thirdly, (laughs) I got a parking ticket for um, staying too long when I was having a root canal, and that came through. So I was really pleased. It's been a a positive week.
2: So a a, a lot of ups and downs. It's funny that you said about the petrol there, because a couple of weeks ago, when we had Heather Fisher on, we were saying about um the fact that you absolutely hated just going to the petrol station and filling yeah. up your car so it's actually but yeah timing
1: that's perfect that that's uh, yeah that's that's kind of bit me in the ass hasn't it but um i've, I've got to like it more
0: well i'm glad all those years of have come into to play pushing your car along the road
1: exactly mate it was just a bit of fun i, I did it on purpose
0: to be honest a bit of training exactly
2: the way the way that this podcast works, Amber. So the last guest leaves a question for the next guest, and it can be about rugby or it can be about something completely different, completely bonkers. So we had James Chisholm on last week. So obviously he's gone down the the random and bonkers route. So his question for you: He owns a replica of Gimli's axe from Lord of the Rings, and he wants to know: <laughs> Do you have any film fan memorabilia?
0: I saw the picture on Instagram. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> um I don't yeah. I don't have any film fan memorabilia, so I went with a random item that's in my house. Um so this yep. is passed down from my grandparents. So my grandma had this item in the kitchen, and when people open the drawer, they're like, What the hell is that? Um so it's a little whisk, which is really useful. Um, but for some reason it's a pig.
2: I love you've got it. I love you <laughs>
0: so, so it's got a little place in it, a little mini whisk, um, for for no reason whatsoever. Um, so yeah, that's just sat in like it doesn't kit get used. Um, so yeah.
2: Do you know what this might become? This might become a little bit of a feature. We might just get every guest to just bring on a, a random object that they have in their house. That's a great feature. Let's do that.
0: Yeah, I've not seen one anywhere else. I can get so, uh, yeah, it'd be good to see what other people have got in there stashed away in their random drawers and cupboards.
1: And I laugh that it's been passed down um, through the family as well, like an
0: heirloom. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. An unorthodox heirloom that I'm going to have to look after and hopefully pass on one day. (laughs) Oh, for
1: sure.
2: (laughs) Rocky, got any weird, strange items knocking about in your house?
1: Well, apart from me being the weird and strange item. Yeah, um, fair enough. I will, for next show, I will find something for you, but... Yeah, I don't think I've got any fan memorabilia. No, that's um, yeah. I'm a bit crap on that. Sorry about no, that.
2: No, I, I, a, we're definitely you, adding that. I, no, I don't, I don't think. But I'll have a, I, again, I'll have another I'll have a look I'll have around a the house. Yeah, I'll have a rummage around the house.
1: Um, I have thought of something, actually. It's at my mum's house, and it's a bit like an heirloom, uh, Amber, where I was hugely, back in the day, very, very long time ago, when, you know, we were all running... Uh, cycling around on what are they called? Penny farthings. <laughs> yeah. I got that right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I should have used something better. Black and white photos. Um, <laughs> Anyway, anyway, going back to the story, my mum has still got, because I was massively into WWF, it's now WWE, and Hulk Hogan I was a massive fan of, yeah. and The Ultimate Warrior is my absolute favourite, but Hulk Hogan, and they did this um, bath salts where Hulk Hogan's like this, um, and then you unscrew the bottom and the bath salts come out. We had those bath salts probably 15 years. They were fully crystallised and, and manky. Obviously, I didn't use them. Um, but my mum still has that. Um, it's, it's moved house with her like three times. So I will definitely get a picture of it at least. Because she might be a bit precious about it. But I think it will come to me in the long run.
2: That's so good. That's, That's so amazing. Good. <laughs> right. Right, let's get straight into it and talk about Bristol Bears. Amber, your hometown club and somewhere you've played for 14 years. What is Bristol Bears to you?
0: It's, it's just like a family. It's, I guess it's a, a bit of a cliche, but I've been there for so long. I've seen so many people come and go and I've seen the club grow from where it was. Um, so I think I joined, maybe it was one or two years into being Bristol from Clifton um and then yeah to where it is now training alongside the men at HPC and all the clubs that we've played at in between all the world-class players that I've played alongside um and I've just got really fond memories of bus trips and yeah away days games training just all those bits and pieces yeah over 14 years and they're just really special memories and I've made some lifelong friends along the way um and people that have retired and I still catch up with now so yeah definitely a family
2: yeah yeah and you mentioned the HPC there the high performance center um tell us a little bit about what it's like to go into work there you know it's not a bad place to call your office
0: it's pretty cool um so yeah it starts off with the driveway which seems to have a whole ecosystem of its own like there's no snow here I went into training yesterday it's like a snow globe up there it's just mental Um, (laughs) so yeah, and then this building just appears and you drive past the pristine pitch on the top, um, across the bridge into the building and just the whole environment's purpose built for, for high performance. So to call it my place of work, I get to go to three, four times a week is incredible. Um, so yeah, two pristine pitches, um, an indoor pitch that's half the size of Ashton gate as a, a complete replica yeah, gyms with matching plates, which for me is the dream. <laughs> um, if anyone's done like insights, <laughs> I'm very blue um, in terms of colours. So, yeah, my OCD loves life um, every time we go in. And, yeah, it just is a place that definitely inspires you to be in that environment. Like, you want to do it justice. Um, and it's somewhere where I think as a women's team, we definitely deserve to be. um deserve, deserve to be able to train there. But likewise you then have to do that environment justice so yeah i try and push myself every time i go in there
2: yeah yeah you must look at that rocky and get a bit jealous
0: uh, yeah you know i'm
1: I'm missing the old rubbish gyms that i used to go in and and, and training facilities um must admit I'm, I'm super jealous and you know i get excited every time i have a lull in my training i try and change up where i train and and just the thought of going to train there would be pretty epic, uh, with all such such good facilities. But so, yeah, super jealous and yeah, I'm I'm glad your O C D is, is put right now, Rido. It's um I know how particular you are about how the plates are, are set out and
0: Yeah, there's one one particular tour where Rock, Rocky will be able to talk about is it. Tamara Taylor was my roomie. And uh Tam wasn't probably known for to be the tidiest roomie um she normally roomed with Laura Keats and their room was frequently like they just turned their suitcases upside down and shook them out so yeah I think it was one of my first tours rooming with Tam and there was a divide down the middle of the room and one side was all, all, everything folded away like nice and neat and then Tam's side was just bag everywhere like absolute
1: chaos <laughs> yeah tam tam is like a stick of the dump isn't she so i can imagine that the two polar opposites <laughs> probably really stress her out that you were super tidy and and she felt bad but she didn't want to do anything about it and then she just like run spin her bag around throw front on the floor like i can uh imagine your stress but it was quite funny because it was the the joke of the tour that um how uh Rita was yeah. was coping with tam but it was all good
2: i i guess Rido would have been involved in room wars then.
1: <laughs> She's uh, you. You've done a few room wars, haven't you, Rido? Just quite a few.
0: Yeah, done a few. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, can you
0: remember any of the particular ones?
1: Um, I, I, there's a few target shooting ones. I think you...
0: the games weren't too savage. It was more the forfeits that came from it. So just stuff like throwing things into like the bin or <laughs> bits and pieces. And then I can vividly remember. I think it might be me and Kerry. Against you and someone else, and there was some concoction that we had to drink or eat, and it just was full of, yeah, fish oil and ranky <laughs> and- things. Like,
1: yeah, oh yeah, we had to, um, we had to chew fish oil, didn't you? Yeah, so you literally yeah. smelt like the inside of a fish, which was like rank.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Were you involved in the one where we drank so much water? <laughs> Were you the one? Did you do the one where we had to drink so much yeah. water that you weren't allowed to wee? It was the first to cave and wee. Yeah. That was a that was a, a really funny one. Yeah, and uh, we were like jumping around doing down ups and what <laughs> jumps and things to try and make ourselves need a wee. And we've already gone through like three, four, four bottles of water, I think. And yeah, we like, it was something ridiculous. Ah. Yeah, sounds like I mean, torture. It was pretty much. It's not fun
2: though. <laughs> and uh, and coming back to obviously Bristol Bears, you're obviously club co-captain alongside Abby Ward. How obviously you mentioned it before, but you know, being at Bears for 14 years, how does it feel, you know, captaining the team that you've been involved with for, for so long?
0: Yeah, it's um pretty special. And like I said earlier, like there's so many world-class players that have come through that I've had the opportunity to learn from as well. Um, and like especially in that England environment. Like good friends with Rocky, and just the little things you pick up. Like Rocky was an experienced person in the squad, always took like everyone under your wing, and just some like I'm really grateful for. I'm not just saying this because you're here, but someone that I was really grateful that they used their experience in a good way. Um, And I guess that's kind of how I like to captain in terms of I'm not necessarily going to be the one that's the loudest or the one that's going to shout, but I'll make sure that. I'll check in with people, everyone's all right, get to know people as a person rather than just a rugby player. And then that's kind of how I like to lead. So, again, it comes back to that, like being part of a family, like making sure that everyone's all right. And, yeah, that's leading by example and as a role model rather than kind of shouting and bawling and telling people what to do. So to be in that leadership role is definitely really special. Um, And to run the team out at the weekend is pretty cool as well.
1: Amber is an absolute incredible leader. And as as she said, she'd she'd rather put her arm around people and look after them. But, you know, if you get on the wrong side of Amber, there's just that that little percent. Just don't push it too far because you know, like she's a, you know, a a silent assassin. You know that she'll absolutely nail you in the next uh, tackle or ruck or something. So... Yeah, you've got to to watch out for her, but the the quiet ones
2: are the deadly ones. And I I do just want to touch on the other co-captain, Abby Ward, who is obviously currently rewriting the pregnancy and sport narrative and showing that, you know, female athletes can have a baby during their career and and return to rugby afterwards. There have been a few players, I guess, that have done it. Deborah Wills. You know your your new teammate has, has been a bit of a trailblazer in that sense too, but Abby is probably the first player to be properly supported through it with the with the RFU changing their maternity policy. What are your what are your initial thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I think it's so important now that it's seen like it's part and parcel of our career. It's not something that has to be one or the other. Um, obviously, coming through the England squad, Emma Croker had um, a baby, but like circumstances were very different in terms of it wasn't our full-time job like it wasn't your income so it's yeah it's something that it was always going to take one person to to lead the way and be that person again like you said it's happened in different sports and it's happened in different countries and there are lots of really good examples in premier 15s of inspirational mums out there who have gone through that process and returned to to elite level rugby in, in the premiership so there's lots of examples out there, but for Abby to, to take this on now and he is part of our England squad and a well-known, a world-class player, recognised internationally to, to now be on this slightly different journey. Um, and for her as a character, she's definitely one that will speak her mind, um, make sure that things are in place. So I couldn't really think of anyone better to be leading the way. Um, because, yeah, she'll say it exactly how it is. She'll get things in place sorted. So um, everyone will understand a lot more what it takes um, to be going through pregnancy and training and then obviously everything else after that. Um, so, yeah, but she's yeah been incredible um, watching her train and, and slog herself through sessions, and you're like, that's absolutely yes. insane. And, yeah, just to see her training... Like she's not allowed to be part of rugby now, um, but she's still doing all the gym stuff, all the fitness. And yeah, it's just incredible to see. Yeah.
2: That's really cool. Proper northerner saying it how it is. No. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) What we like. Um, One thing I would quite like to know is what it's like having, I assume that you probably can't even tell, but what it's like having Dave Ward as head coach, coaching his wife, Abby Ward, and what that's like, um, you know, in, in training
0: um you, you don't really like you don't really notice at all. And again, like you'll see yeah. them around HPC, and they'll have like chats or catch ups. But that's just because they work so hard that they don't necessarily see each other that often. So I think it's important for them to have those little moments. But as soon as training hits and they're in that professional environment, like you can tell. And like I said, Abby tells it exactly how it is. So if she thinks something, she says it regardless of whether it's, it's Dave or not. So. Yeah, she's going to speak her mind. Um, and again, like as a captain and as a leader, there's conversations that you, you might have to have that aren't particularly comfortable at times. And she's willing to have those conversations. So yeah, as soon as it's rugby in that environment and she needs to step up, then there's yeah, no questions at all. So you wouldn't even tell.
2: Yeah, Dave, Dave Ward played in the game for grief, which he came along to, Amber, which you know he, he was a proper legend that day. And although I, th- I think he got a bit of stick from the Bears women players who were watching on the sideline for doing stuff on the pitch that he usually tells his players off for.
0: And not only though, he actually played pretty well. Um, and I think we've been, given a bit, we've been given a bit of grief all week and all the stuff that he kind of says, like starts with the first pass and all of this stuff. I think he actually pulled out a spiral uh, from the 22, managed to chase his own kick and get a turnover. I think then Loosehead scored. So everyone was ready to, to give him a bit of stick yeah. on the sideline. And yeah, to be fair to him, he played pretty well. So yeah, you've got to give him a bit of credit for that.
2: Yeah. He, um, it, it was quite an interesting moment where obviously we started with all of the, the ex-pros. And we started. Well, we we actually conceded the first try, but then Lockerstache got into the game, and they were they were doing quite well. Then we sort of pulled away. I think it was fifty five, whatever. Then Lockerstache kept you know kept it up and got back into the game. And Dave Ward approached me and just went, "Rob, we cannot lose this game. We cannot lose this game. You need to chuck all the good players back on." <laughs> But that that's his competitive nature coming back out. What's what's he like to um to to work under?
0: I think he's got a really good balance of that competitive nature and not accept like having really high standards and not accepting anything else. But on the flip side, I don't think I've ever seen him have a bad day. Like he's always yeah. really chipper, um, brings the energy to every session and I think even he went out to the World Cup and watched it, flew back from New Zealand and then pretty much rolled from Heathrow into training um, on that Monday. I think he was a couple of Red Bulls deep, but, but he still managed to, <laughs> to bring the energy to that session. Him. So he was absolutely buzzing on caffeine, yeah. but he's always got that persona where the standards are set but he's going to have that laugh and a joke as well at the right time. So I think he's got a really good balance and it's definitely created that environment that people feel that they can be themselves, express themselves. Um, But yeah, you know when to turn it on as well.
2: Yeah. It was International Women's Day last week. And we promoted a video that we're really proud of. It's now got something silly like 200,000 views um, across social media. So for those listening to this podcast, go and take a look at it if you haven't already. And the whole piece is around Lou said supporting women's rugby. And I'm quite proud to say that we do that all year round and that's why I get myself down to the Allianz Premier 15s matches when I can and being based in Bristol, it's why I get down to Shashbury Park to watch uh, the Bristol Bears and this season in the Allianz Premier 15s, it has just been crazy. Let's start with you Rocky, what's your what's your thoughts on the season so far?
1: Yeah, it was a slow start for some teams and there's been some huge results as well but just the calibre of players and the and the quality of games going on and obviously there's majority of them are being streamed I think it's just brilliant I think we're going from strength to strength but yeah it's been a a certainly an exciting start to the season
2: and and it's like Gloucester uh, Exeter, Gloucester, Hartbury, Saracens, Bears, Quinns top five at the moment but a few wins for DMP the other day you know the other week too as well the league is is really improving and I know Amber you Probably, or most probably, want to be the best and at the top of the league. But it can only be a good thing, really, that the league is improving that much.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I don't know if it's old age or the standards getting better, but definitely it's taken a, a few more days to recover than it used to. Um, so I think by Thursday, team run, probably feel a little bit fresher, ready for the game. But Tuesday still a bit of a struggle sometimes. I see Rocky <laughs> nodding along. Um, and, yeah, I think, yeah, like Rock's touched on, have the caliber across the board increase it means that more games can get streamed and then when you're watching the streams it gets people in it gets people excited because every time they turn on they're watching a good game of rugby and that's like from any team in the league just how teams are playing um the lines, how close they are like going down to the wire in some games um and then off the back of that the highlights that are then encouraging people to get on the streams like that's the stuff that you want to see that's the stuff that's going to grow the game and definitely this season seems to be like on another level compared to anything else.
1: Yeah and you want to see games that are super competitive and you don't know who's going to win I think those um, predictable games are a little bit oh we've seen that let's you know certainly the games you know you've got top of the table and, and as you said it's like top six any team could win and you know it was really rare to see I think Saracens were down in like fifth or something or sixth and that that's really rare to have seen them at the start of the season there but you know it's it's a great thing for the league and, and that's what I want to see competitive games
2: yeah yeah no 100% and Rita, you've been um, you've been playing out of your skin recently for for Bristol Bears, and and obviously I want to talk about England. And you've had a few ups and downs over the past twelve months when it comes to international rugby. But let's start with that recent high. You've been renamed in the England squad ahead of the um, the TikTok Six Nations. How did you find out, and what were those initial feelings like?
0: Um, so I think it was last Tuesday. Um, we had a message on our like team WhatsApp. Um, with the initial squad so yeah we knew that we were waiting um, for that date for the squad to come out so yeah just standing by the phone waiting for, for the team to come through um, and obviously off the back of a bit of disappointment and how I've been playing for Bears I was hoping that I'd get another opportunity in an English shirt um, I don't feel like I'm I'm done at international level yet so yeah the Six Nations is a fantastic tournament to play in and it's it's got all the the history around it and it's just yeah a special to be part of um so yeah to be named in that squad and hopefully have the opportunity to to play in that tournament again is yeah an exciting opportunity
2: yeah and you and you've just had your first week in camp is that right
0: yeah first week in camp sir.
2: so what's the what's the mood like ahead of ahead of the tournament in the england camp
0: Um, I think first, first camp's always a bit strange. Um, obviously lots of new faces, um, trying to get all the bits of detail right before we properly hit the ground running. Um, so I'd say it was more of a a clarity camp. Um, like we had a pretty tough session on Tuesday. Um, it's called our battle session now. So a bit of a, more of a physical session in terms of full contact, body in front, um, trying to get our defence right this week. Um, so that was a massive focus for us. Um, Yeah, just getting to know the new faces. Obviously, you see players week on week and you see them tear it up in Premier 15s and for them to have an opportunity to come in camp and do it in English uh, is fantastic. Um, But they're normally on a different team. So yeah, it's about getting to know them, getting to know how they play and then looking to gel um, as quickly as possible because we're like two weeks out from playing Scotland. So yeah, it's going to come around really quickly.
1: Was there anyone that really stood out that was an absolute bowling ball or absolute gas that you didn't realise was as insanely good as they, were, as they are? Did they surprise you?
0: Um, I was pretty impressed with, obviously, our midfield is quite short at the moment um, with the, the injury list that we have. And obviously, unfortunately, Zoe did an ACL the other week, so there's a bit of a vacancy at 10. But uh, Lizzie Duffy, who's been in under-20s, place for sale at the moment, I think she's shown some glimpses of some real quality in Premier 15. So to see her come in that environment, don't really know a lot about her, um, but I've been impressed with some of the stuff that she's um, been doing week on week. So, yeah, she really impressed me, actually, really stepped up. And I think she was a bit like a duck and mortar, um, probably a bit more nervous on the inside. But, yeah, looking at her, she definitely round the show pick stuff up really quickly and yeah she's got a bright future I think
1: oh for sure and then having somebody as experienced to you helping her out giving her an out if uh if she needs it or calling call those extra moves if she's panicked or whatever or just giving her a hard line or whatever I think is uh, the perfect blend of youth and experience um brilliant can't wait to see it mate
2: and um, Amber, you've used the word disappointment before and we talk about the highs, but I guess they come with some lows and at Loose Sense, we often touch on how people approach those setbacks and how they build up the mental strength and how they fight back and come back stronger. So I wanted to touch on the Rugby World Cup. Which obviously last year um England has an unbelievably you know very strong team, and it was clear that there were going to be some huge names missing from that final squad and unfortunately your your name was was one of those that was that was missing and I just want to ask you what those initial few, first few days were like after you found out that you weren't be you know going to be on that plane to New Zealand
0: yeah, I think it was kind of a different experience uh for me so when I've missed out on team selections before it's because i picked up a niggle or been injured so I've been unfit for selection and I guess that's kind of a bit easier to take um it's frustrating because for me it seemed like it was a bit of a run I get into good form and it come up to a tournament and pick up a niggle but you're then out because of a reason um or quite an obvious thing to you and it's nothing that you can kind of um, control into, in in most circumstances. So yeah, to miss out on World Cup selection, being fit to play, um, and missing out on on the cut was was pretty difficult. Um, I think I had a good start to preseason, was playing really well, um, and then the couple of weeks out from yeah selection just didn't wasn't quite hitting hitting the same. Had a bit of a niggle, but just the the players around me. Perform really well. Tats, unbelievable ball carrier and and was showing that consistently week on week. Um and Helena Rowland is another level of rugby player. Um I think she's probably one of the best players in the world when she's fighting fit in terms of she's an all-court game. She's got pass, kick, run, and the pace of a back three player um who can play anywhere in the midfield. So yeah, coming up against those girls, they yeah, peaked at the right time and, and definitely deserved to be on that plane And I think I potentially had a bit of an inkling, didn't feel like I was quite on there um, and then to have the squad come through yeah, it was just devastating uh, lots of tears um, just nothing I guess all your emotions were kind of a bit dampened so like if I was out doing something I was really lucky to have good friends around me and, and a support network and family and I was just doing stuff with them that I probably would have done normally and I would have been having a great time, being really happy and I was just kind of existing rather than actually really feeling anything. I just felt sad all the time and and kind of wanted to hide away a little bit, I guess. And it's quite hard because you see all the things on social media and again, social media is great for, for lots of things in promoting, but then there's obviously the flip side of it. So Actually, took a decision to take myself off of it, um, just for a bit of self-preservation. Like deep down, I really wanted the girls to do well. I wanted them to go and win it and and be amazing. But for me, I just couldn't see that every day. Um, for them going for coffee and having a great time in New Zealand, and I did watch some of the games and sent text messages and wrote little notes to to all the newbies um, out in the World Cup. So it was their first World Cup. Wrote them a little card and. And got someone to take it along. So yeah, it was fully behind the girls, but for me, I just couldn't, wow. I was really struggling with like seeing it every day. Yeah.
1: I can't imagine how it felt as a person that hasn't played internationally for years and, and seeing the World Cup, it was, it, it's hard just as an ex-player. So I imagine, you know, you're, you're fighting there uh, you're a week out from selection and then, yeah, boom, that absolute brick hits you and I, I think that was probably wise for you to to stay off of social media and and those mixed feelings I completely understand and and how would you how would you deal with your emotions during the game or after the game
0: I think you it's really hard like when you know a team how they want to play I just try to watch the games as a spectator not trying to pick apart and analyse performances and bits and pieces because I think then you just get like kind of caught up in it a little bit too much, whereas I just try to in- enjoy the game. Um, which I think, because they played so well in the pool stages and the score lines were quite big, it's quite hard to... Like you said about the Premier 15s earlier, the games that are close are the ones that are really exciting for people to watch when you don't know who's going to win. Um, but obviously the dominance of of England and the world-class players that they've got, the pool stages were quite hard because they were just blowing people away and it probably wasn't the most exciting games of rugby to watch. Um, it's kind of like a foregoing conclusion. So, yeah, to then watch the, the knockout stages when they got a little bit closer, obviously tensions and <laughs> nerves were through the roof and you probably wanted England to be ahead a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just trying to remove myself from being part of the team and watching it more as a, an England fan. Um, definitely tried try to help, yeah, balance that emotion. Yeah, I think that's wise.
2: Did you did you keep in touch with I guess I, I mentioned it before, but there were quite a few big names missing from that final squad. So Mo Hunt, Vicky Fleetwood, Sarah Beckett being a few. Did you, you know, keep in touch with those people that, that weren't selected as well? build that you know you, you mentioned it before about putting your arm around people um when you when you're at bears and being that being that leader um I guess is that something that you did as a as a group as well for those people that didn't go to New Zealand
0: yeah definitely like I sent a text to all the other girls um obviously there's not really anything that you can say or do to make it better um obviously Flito's off in London so she's a bit further away but just like texting every now and again, just checking in during the tournament. Um, and I think a week or two after, I went up to, to Gloucester and caught up with Mo and, and Becky up there um, and just had a, a bit of a chat. Um, yeah, so had had a bit of a moan, talked honestly, gave ourselves a, a lot of time slot and then tried to move on and, and and talk about something else. But I think it's important that like we didn't spiral completely and just talk about that the whole time because I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. Um, but like when I've been on like i massive Africa again, I can be better at it at times. But I think it was important to talk about how we were feeling because, especially with that group, you try and talk to other people, but they don't necessarily understand. Um, whereas like Mo, Beckett, Flito, they know almost exactly how you're feeling um, because they've been through it and they see yeah. it from your perspective. So it was really important to check in and help each other out and allow us allow ourselves to talk about how we were feeling and, and be honest with that but then not allow it to just consume everything because again I don't think that's healthy
2: no that makes that uh, thank you for sharing that and being so open so honest it's something that you've done throughout you know you're a Luceds ambassador and, and you really are a credit to the cause and a perfect champion for supporting lucid so thank you for sharing that and um, being a part of of Lucid's and and, and helping us to grow as well so yeah thank you and I guess coming on to I guess some of the slightly more um, silly things of, of community questions I actually noticed that seven minutes before we would pressed record on here Rocky asked a couple of questions so I'm going to start the community <laughs> questions with a few questions from Rocky I don't know if you actually remember what you've said Rocky but I can I can um, I can ask them or you can ask them
1: no, you go ahead. What did What did Rocky send in? So
2: Rocky Clark. I don't know who that <laughs> is. Love <it>. is. Someone <laughs> that messaged on on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> She's asked two questions. Oh god! Um, first one is: Have you ever trained on a broken leg? <laughs> uh,
0: yes. <laughs> um, it was actually that tour <laughs> I ring with with Tam. So we had something called Super 4s, which, which is basically our England trials. Um, and, yeah, got into playing Super 4s, uh, but didn't really think anything of it. Everyone was like, oh, it's just, just a bit of a dead leg. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, and then we, I think we were going to Italy. So, yeah, flew out to Italy. Um were European yeah, still, like, it's, it's quite sore, but I'm just going to have to suck it up because I want to play for England and it's an opportunity to get my first cap. So, um, so yeah, we're just trying to go around with it. Got pulled out of training for, like, the first week um, and then got the call-up to play in the second game, I think, um, and had to do a return to, like, return to run, which I did in the car park, uh, jumping around and skipping around. I was like... <laughs> Everyone's just telling me it's so I just need to suck it up and it'll be all right. It's just a bruise. Come on. Um, Yeah, I did my return to run. And then I vividly remember um, Graham Smith. He came out with two absolute humdingers. So he said, uh, the only way I'm not playing tomorrow is if I've got a broken leg. And the other one was... um, what was he, you're a big girl and I need you to be a brave one. So I was like, all right, it's just it's just a bruise, so I need to be brave and just just go for it. Um, so, yeah, then got pulled out of the game, taken to an Italian hospital and came back in a cast. And it's the only time I've ever seen Kim Oliver and George um, Gulliver speechless. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: We um, we came back from training. Amber had been missing. She So she'd passed her return to training, hadn't you? You'd got through that and she's okay. And then we come back, and then she sat, I think you were sat outside, and she had a massive cast on, and we're all like, what? (laughs) She's hard as nails as kids. Like, absolutely. Crazy gal, but, yeah. Okay. That's a good start. So that's just warming you up out Yeah, warming you up for the second
2: one, I, I, I expect. Yeah. The second question is what. You can do what the me- watered
1: down version. <laughs>
2: no, we don't want that. What memories do you have of Italy away in the Six Nations after party?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you can do the watered down version. Um,
0: <laughs> to be fair, oh, no. I just it wasn't that. So basically, the Italians know how to throw a great party. <laughs> like it was the last match of the Six Nations. Um, I think there was a. There wasn't a lot of food straight after the game, and it was quite warm because it was the last one. No like, food. End of March.
1: Is this is this the one with
0: with loads of prosecco
1: and the yeah. and the meats? Yeah, that I'll talk about the meats in a bit. Yeah, I'll leave
0: that (laughs) to you. So we started at the the ground, I think, and there was basically a free bar, but not a lot of food, which then I think we went back, got into like our number ones after match, like attire, and ended up in this like country club um, where you have a meal with the opposition. There was a Beatles tribute band. Again, welcome drinks on arrival and food was delayed. So again, there wasn't a lot, around and the local so France and Italy it was they kind of bid to host the games um, so it was like the local rugby club some of the boys from that rugby club had also come to this function so we were just kind of sat around getting to know people then the band started and I got to know one of the rugby boys from this local club and <laughs> um, we were chatting we were having a good time We had a bit of a dance, and then he asked me if I'd ever seen a vineyard, um, to which I said no. (laughs) We went outside, and we had a little kiss in the vineyard, at which point the whole team were then... How romantic! Yeah, at which point the whole team were then coming out to get on the bus to leave, (laughs) to go back to our hotel so it wasn't very covert or secret um because everyone basically it, saw it, what happened. It,
1: <laughs> Amber's quite a shy girl and doesn't doesn't air her laundry and you can imagine me Kim George coming out screaming like there's yeah. 20 of us and it was hilarious we we're all like 10 Prosecco's Deep. It was so yeah, funny. And Amber, you know, this, it said, you've got to watch out for these dark horses. But one of my other favourite memories was, 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 ter- I was a little bit late for some reason and um shock. And I turned <laughs> up reason. and all, the, yeah, all the girls have, have nailed quite a bit of free booze. And, um, And then I see George, Kim, Kerry, they've all got meat, salami, like wedged down their their pocket in their things. They've all got these grease stains. By the end of the night, I think Purdy's got like um, a tie around the top of her head. Everyone's dancing. We've got Smithy dancing. It was such a good night. But all these meat stains down one side... And then all this red wine dribbled down the oh, it was it was insane, but one of the funniest, best memories. But Amber tops it with her little uh, vineyard friend. It was so funny because she was like I said, she was quite shy. We didn't we didn't know she had this other side to her. It's very fun. Vineyard
2: friend. That's the way of describing it. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Is that the watered down version, did you say?
0: No, that oh, is. I think that's pretty much the story. Yeah, charge, that, that's pretty it? much what <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm very impressed. I didn't think you'd you actually you tell the story. No, nah. <laughs> it's, it's out <outlet> there being done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the other community question is actually from me. So um, your player—it's so actually not community questions because they've come from both myself <laughs> and Rocket. <laughs> However, I wanted to get this in there. I wanted to get this into the um, the podcast. So your player sponsor at Bristol Bears is X Ledger, who have actually just come on board as our first corporate partner at Luceds. So I just wanted to—you shared it on across your social media. How good is it to see that connection between Luceds and X Ledger, especially with the connection that you have to both?
0: Oh yeah, they, they're they my player sponsor at Bristol and they're an unbelievable company with some great humans working there and every time they come they support not only like the Bears men, they support the Bears women, the academy, um, our C of E. It's it, like sometimes you get companies that want to come in and get involved but they just want the men as the product in the ledger are completely different they just love rugby they want to get involved and they want to grow the game um whether that's male or female rugby and they just want to see everyone flourish and yeah just they come watch the games they support everyone they chat to everyone um yeah and I'm really lucky to have them as a, a player sponsor um and I'm also lucky enough that I think myself and Phoebe got invited with some of the Bristol Flyers boys to their offices, um, which is unreal. They've, they've got like a massive like games area and it just seems like a really cool place to work as well where they look after their staff. It's not a turn up, you do your job, you go. Um, it just seemed like a environment where everyone kind of flourishes, looked after, but there's that right balance between let's get the job done, but also let's have a bit of fun doing it. And that's why I think it's yeah. a perfect um, like partnership to come on board with Loose Heads in terms of looking after like the mental health side of things, um, which is really important. So when I saw that the other day, I was really excited.
2: Yeah, I was going to add a little bit to that, but you've absolutely nailed it perfectly. <laughs> so I won't add to it. That's that's brilliant. And we're really excited to, to work with them. Um, so, yeah, and we'd love to get you involved in some of that work that we're doing as well, Amber. So yeah, I will be messaging you about that separately. On to the next silly part, the pensive pre-pod Poo Ponder, which is sponsored by Sam James, who plays for sale. His question this week is about dogs, which I know will interest you. Yes. So I will play that down the mic. Do you think dogs from different countries speak different languages? Um, Everybody knows they have their own um, bum connection thing, but do you think they speak one universal language? Interesting one from Sam this week.
0: I've actually thought this before. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well the other one is if different animals can actually speak to each other. It's another question. But um I'm gonna say they speak the same language. They've got the same okay. universal language, I think.
1: I'd I mean, agree with that. Universally like the language of you know, sniffing each other's butts and <laughs> laying on their backs and you know <laughs> taking away on somebody else's thing that obviously that's universal that's
0: yeah
1: uh, what happened but you know do, do you think you could get a little french pup that's like bonjour to you know, an english pup
0: <laughs> yeah i like they've got accents uh... <laughs> so the <like>, yeah. <laughs> okay. universal language but with a slight flang from <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah i like that yeah okay yes. nice
2: let's go with that let's go with that and yeah. uh, one thing rocky that we haven't done yet is um every guest that comes on we set a challenge for that guest and we haven't got one yet so anything rocky because you know Rido, and i haven't actually spoken about the other nicknames that we, have, which <laughs> we will get onto just now what what challenge would you like to set for amber uh-
1: I would like Amber to post a picture on social media of a messy room or a messy kitchen or something that's very messy and claim it as her own and not state why it is messy. <laughs> to feel
2: oh, oh, oh.
1: And tag us, obviously. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting Can't nervous already. And it
1: doesn't mean... <laughs> it doesn't just mean a pair of shoes not straight in the hallway it's messy like yeah. Tamara Taylor messy like that's the level we're talking of you, you might have to get your cupboard and like tip, flip it over whatever that's it a good is one. I might, I I might like
0: go it. to Ikea and just call some carnage and claim it as my room
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that just like throw everything around throw all the kids
0: toys everywhere throw them around. <laughs>
2: <Perfect>. <laughs> and finally Amber what is your question for the start of the podcast with our next guest
0: um, I was going to go with The Strangest Item, but I don't know if you're going to then make that a running theme.
1: Um, um, we
2: could go Strangest Item. Yeah, but I, th- I think we add that now as a, as a bit of a feature to the podcast.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Run around and grab something random. <laughs> um, or the other yeah, part- don't
2: even give them any any heads up.
1: No, <laughs> That's a shout. Well, yeah, <laughs> you've got 15 seconds.
2: you got 15 seconds to find a go. <laughs>
0: Well, um, yeah. the other question, is there any superstitions or like wives tales that they follow? So when I was looking for random items, okay. I realised I've got loads of conkers in my house. And that's because I put them in the <laughs> corners of the spiders. Yeah. So I put them in the corners of the room. I've got no idea if they actually work or if it's oh, genuine, yeah. but my house is peppered with conkers um, because it's supposed to keep spiders away. So, yeah, is there any wives there? I who... have to admit, I have done that before. before. or superstitions that they uphold even though they're not sure they're legit
2: yeah that's a really good one i like that
1: like do do either of you walk over three drains or walk underneath a ladder i bet you don't yeah
2: i touch my head when i see a magpie that's one nice yeah interesting Amber it's been so good to chat with you on the podcast today thank you for doing all the work that you do with loose you're a brilliant ambassador thanks for being so honest Um, best of luck with the next few weeks with England go and smash it
0: thank you very much thanks for having me cheers Amber cheers guys